morning. Welcome one and all on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. Welcome to this 11 o'clock spirited traditional worship service at Ocean View United Methodist Church. It's so good to see you all. Welcome to those who have joined us via live stream. We're glad that you tuned in. We trust that you will sense the spirit of the Lord even across the airwaves. We would love to have you with us in person. So if you have the opportunity, we'd love to see you and meet you in person. If you all would just take a moment past the register of attendance down the, uh, the, the friendship re register down the pew, we'd appreciate it to get a, a um, record of your presence with us. And if you don't know the person next to you, take a moment and read that register and find their name and introduce yourself. That would be wonderful. If you are looking for a church home, welcome visitors. If you're looking for a church home, don't look any further. We'd love to have you be a part of our family. I see our district superintendent snuck in on us, y'all. She's here. That's Tara, Tara Lane is our district superintendent for the Harbor District. Welcome, Tara. We're glad you're here. Love to have you here with us. And let's see, I think I've covered everything. She, she, I, I didn't see her till she, just a minute ago. I saw her sitting here. She kind of throw me off, y'all. So, uh, But we're, we, we love it that she's here. So at this time, we invite our liturgist to come forward. Um, Reverend Mike McDonald will lead us in worship. Please stand as you are able for our choral introit. standing for the call to worship which is printed in the bulletin. Oh. I've been gone for six months doing an interim and things have changed. It's now on the screen. That's a change. Thank you. Come to the Lord all you people. We come seeking God's healing love. Make your hearts ready to discover God's power in your lives. We open our hearts and spirits to receive God's loving gifts. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, please remain standing for uh, our hymn, I Love You, Lord. It's found in the faith we sing, the little black book that's also uh, in the pew. Uh, and it's on page 2068, but I think it'll also be on the screen. Yes, there it is. Okay. <laughs>
And uh, thankfully, another thing that has been restored since my last presence here is we now do the passing of the peace again. So let us greet each other in the name of Christ with the passing of the peace. Our Psalter lesson is Psalm uh, 72, found on page 795, or the screen. Give the king your justice, O God. And your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people, and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the weak, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressed. May he live while the sun endures, as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mountain grass, like showers that water the in his days may righteousness flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. May you have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy. And saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their lives, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually and blessings invoked for him all the day. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may they blossom forth in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His name continue as long as the sun. May people bless themselves by him. All nations. Let us continue in the spirit of God, as in the spirit of prayer, as we come before our God. We love you, Lord, and lift 
our voices to worship you. We will bless you for all of eternity. Your praise will always be on our lips. As your church, we magnify your name and exalt you in all the world. We praise you that you sent your son to reign over the world as the Prince of Peace. We thank you that he defends the cause of the poor and gives deliverance to the needy while crushing the oppressor. We thank you that all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens can find rest in him. We thank you that he is gentle and humble in heart. We thank you that his yoke on us is easy and the burden is light. We thank you that he calls us friends. We thank you that he will take up us into his arms and shield us that we might find solace in him. We acknowledge to you that we have fallen short of the life of love and service that Christ calls us to. We have passed up opportunities to do good and taken advantage of opportunities to spread animosity and anger. We have been indifferent to the needs of the poor. We have turned a blind eye towards injustice and approved of it when it worked to our advantage. We humbly ask for your forgiveness, not trusting in our own goodness or religion. We ask for your grace in Christ, that we might be forgiven through his death and resurrection. And we pray, Lord, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit, that we might grow in grace and love, that we might not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of our minds so that we may discern your will, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We pray for the world that you love so much, that you sent your son, that we should not perish, but have everlasting life. We pray for the sick and the chronically ill. We pray for their caretakers. We pray for those who are hungry and homeless, we pray for those addicted to alcohol and other drugs, and we pray for their families. We pray for peace in Ukraine and wherever war is being waged. We pray for the names and situations that we lift up to you now aloud or in our hearts. We give you all these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Will the ushers come forward at this time for the receiving of our offering?
ask that you accept these gifts and bless them, that they will be for the glory of your kingdom, and that we will be the church that you call us to be in service to this world. And we give you these prayers in Christ's name. Amen. Please remain standing for our hymn 472, Near to the Heart of God. seated. Our scripture lesson today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 16 through 19 and 25 through 30. These are the words of Jesus. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Thank you so much to the choir and Greg for reminding us what a friend we have in Jesus. I want to take a moment to point to the altar for your uh, consideration there. You may have noticed there's a big yoke there. We couldn't find a real one, but someone made one, and um, they did a great job with it. Um, Susie Gabbard is the person who's behind uh, our de decorations for the altar and different things. You will notice, too, that there are this is a stole that uh, clergy we often wear. And you may or may not know that a stole is also the symbol of a yoke, of being yoked to Christ. And so we have the altar for you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so glad that you are our friend. And now we pray that the words of my heart and the meditation of your people's, the words of my mouth and the meditation of your people's hearts will be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our friend. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Once there was a spider who built a beautiful web in an old house. He kept it clean and shiny so that the flies would patronize it. The minute he got a customer, he would clean up on him so the other flies would not get suspicious. Then one day, this fairly intelligent fly came buzzing by the clean spider web. Old man spider called out, come on in, sit a while. But the fairly intelligent fly said, oh, no, sir. I don't see other flies in your house, and I'm not going in alone. But presently, the fly saw on the floor below a large crowd of flies dancing around on a piece of brown paper. He was delighted. He was not afraid if lots of flies were doing it. So he came in for a landing. Just before he landed, a bee zoomed by saying, don't land there, stupid, that's fly paper. <laughs> but the fairly intelligent fly shouted back, don't be silly, those flies are dancing. There's a big crowd there, everybody's doing it. That many flies can't be wrong. Well, you know what happened. He was yoked to the spot until his demise in the mess with the rest of the crowd. What does it profit a fly or a person if they escape the web only to end up in the glue? Friends, all joking aside, all of us are yoked to something or someone or other. We may not think of it that way, but we all carry a weight we just as soon not have laid over our shoulders. It is some burden imposed upon you or even taken on you by yourself. It is the only yoke the world offers. The strain, the stress of striving after that which never fully satisfies. Author and theologian C.S. Lewis made this point 
when you observed in his book, The Joyful Christian, most people, if they had really learned to look into their own hearts, would know that they do want, and want acutely, something that cannot be had in the world. There are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep their promises. The longings which arise in us when we first fall in love, or first think of some foreign country, or first take up some subject that excites us, are longings which no marriage, no travel, no learning can really satisfy. I'm not now speaking of what would ordinarily be called unsuccessful marriages or holidays or learned careers. I'm speaking of the best possible ones. There was something we grasped at in that first moment of longing, which just fades away in reality. I think everyone knows what I mean. The wife may be a good wife, and the hotels and scenery may have been excellent, and chemistry may be a very interesting job, but something has evaded us. Friends, we use the yoke here as a metaphor, just as Jesus was doing in our text. To take on the yoke Jesus offers is to take on a different kind of living, being centered on God and on life God intends for us. It's being in step with Jesus Christ, being who and where he wants us to be. Jesus speaks about his yoke as easy and light. His yoke offers true rest for our souls. Jesus chose a metaphor which he and the people of his day were well acquainted with. The chief work of a carpenter in the New Testament times was making roofs, doors, windows, shutters, lattice squares, bed frames for the houses, plows, and yokes. There's a wonderful legend concerning the quiet years of Jesus, the years prior to his public ministry. The legend claims that Jesus the carpenter was one of the master yoke makers in the Nazareth area. People came from miles around for a yoke, hand-carved and crafted by Jesus, son of Joseph, the carpenter. When customers arrived with their team of oxen, Jesus would spend considerable time measuring the team, their height, their width, the space between them, and the size of their shoulders. Within a week, the team of oxen would be brought back, and Jesus would carefully place the newly made yoke over the shoulders, watching for rough places, smoothing out the edges, and fitting them perfectly to this particular team of oxen. The yokes were tailor-made. 
That's the kind of yoke Jesus invites us to take. It is tailor-made for each one of us. Well-fitting is a better translation for the word easy because its root word in Greek speaks directly to the tailor-made yokes. They were well-fitting. Writer Brett Blair puts it splendidly when he writes, the yoke Jesus invites us to take, the yoke that brings rest to weary souls, is one that is made exactly to our hearts and lives. The yoke he invites us to wear fits us well, does not rub us nor cause us to develop sore spirits, and is designed for two. His yokes were always designed for two. And our yoke partner is none other than Jesus Christ himself. Friends, do you hear that? The yoke he invites us to wear is designed for two. For you, and for Jesus Christ. Granted, there's more than one way we can be trained in the process of being yoked to Jesus. One way is described in the story John Killinger retells from the Atlantic Monthly about the days of the great western cattle rancher. A little burro sometimes would be harnessed to a wild steed, bucking and raging Convulsing like drunken sailors, the two would be turned loose like Laurel and Hardy to proceed out into the desert range. They could be seen disappearing over the horizon, the great steed dragging that little burro along and throwing him about like a bag of cream puffs. They might be gone for days, but eventually they would come back. The little burrow would be seen first, trotting back across the horizon, leading the submissive steed in tow. Somewhere out there on the rim of the world, that steed would become exhausted trying to get rid of the burrow. And in that moment, the burrow would take mastery and become the leader. Perhaps this is the kind of picture Jesus had in mind when he prayed in verse 25. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Beloved, we know that to know God it is necessary to know and embrace the one who reveals the Father, Jesus, the Son of God. Yet the religious leaders, Pharisees, scribes, and lawyers wanted be, to be the ones in control, to be the ones who called the shots. They did not like the package or the message of repentance from John the Baptist, who dressed in camel's hair and ate wild locusts and honey. He has a demon, 
they declared. On the other hand, they did not like Jesus, that he ate and drank like everyone else and was popular at weddings and evening dinner parties. They called him a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of sinners. Jesus likened these Pharisees to bored, spoiled children sitting in the marketplace as some called out to one another, we played the flute for you and you did not dance, we wailed and you did not mourn, they would not be satisfied. They would not be yoked with Jesus. When you and I are yoked to Jesus and try to call the shots, to take control, we make submission to his yoke a much more lengthy and trying and hard process than it needs to be. There's a better way of being yoked. In some parts of the world, the farmer will have the young bullock harnessed to the same yoke as a mature ox. The bullock, dwarfed by the other animal, will not even be pulling any of the weight. It's merely learning to walk in a field under control and with a yoke around its neck. The mature ox pulls all the weight. The stronger, wiser ox shows the younger, inexperienced ox how hard to pull, where to go, how to do it. He shepherds the young ox and the yoke guides the younger ox alongside him. One leads, the other follows. It's the same when a believer willingly takes on Christ's yoke. Jesus calls every believer to come into a saving covenant relationship with God by living in a yoked relationship with Jesus Christ. We do so when we commit to allow him to lead us in his way of righteousness. We listen to his word in the scriptures and we prayerfully understand our role as one in God's world and in God's kingdom. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help us learn how to walk with God. Beloved, the way is easy, well-tailored, and the burden is light. The reason why is in the Shema, which is the best description of what a walk with God is. The Shema, S-H-E-M-A, is found in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, and should be familiar to all of us who are disciples. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them 
as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Beloved, when we love God with all our heart, soul, and might, everything else will fall into its proper place. The Pharisees and the other religious leaders made it much more difficult to walk with God than it was or needed to be. They had hundreds of rules and regulations of the law for the people to memorize and follow. Folks were always worried about making a mistake. They were bound by the law and resisted the freedom Christ was offering. This was typical of the human propensity we still see, even in the church, where the same tactics and much of what we call Christian traditions are simply fixed, unbending systems of our own making. Legalism makes being yoked with God much more burdensome and hard and difficult than it really is. Beloved, ours is a burden-bearing Christ. He seeks to free us from our burdens. He came to free us from the burden of guilt and sin to give us forgiveness, wholeness, and life that really is life. He came to free us from the terrible burden of being self-righteous, of being condemning and judgmental by giving us his righteousness. He calls us to cast all our cares upon him because he cares for you and for me. Nothing can separate us from God's loving care. Nothing in life or death, in the past, in the present, or the future, no power that is natural or supernatural can change God's loving care for us one iota. Children of God, the metaphor of the yoke also speaks about service. God bears our burdens so we can bear the burdens of others. We're not speaking about servitude or slavery to God or to other people. When we bear the yoke of Christ, we walk in service to God and to others alongside Jesus Christ, who continues in service to God and to others through us. When we take Christ's yoke upon ourselves, we bind ourselves in service for God and with God to God's way of living. In Isaiah 58, 6 through 9, the prophet laid down God's formula for service, which is to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke, to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, 
when you see the naked to cover him. Then your light shall shine forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. Friends, it's as simple, as easy, and well-fitted as that. Yoke up with Jesus and follow him. Let him lead. That's his responsibility. He knows the way. He knows how to do it. He teaches us and helps us figure out what to do. This is not to say that life is not hard with all kinds of difficulties and challenges. We do get weary sometimes. Jesus himself told us, in this life, you will have trouble. But remember, not a single one of our challenges are too big for God to handle. Come to me, Jesus said, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. The rest, Jesus means here, is more than a Sabbath day to worship God. Rest is more than a day or two off work each week. It's more than a vacation breakaway from it all for a few weeks. These are good and even necessary steps towards self-care and preventing burnout. But the kind of rest Christ offers here involves much more in depth and in breadth. Psalm 23 is known by some as the beloved psalm. Perhaps this is because it so beautifully describes that restful life that is yoked to Jesus Christ. Our yoke alongside the great shepherd renders a joyous life filled with peace and love and forgiveness. King David knew all about what a life yoked with God was like when he penned that psalm. Hear this familiar scripture a bit differently as it is rendered from the message version of the Bible. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home 
in the house of God for the rest of my life. Friends, this is what being yoked to the Lord looks like. It is what being in fellowship with God feels like. The Lord's way is easy, well-tailored, and his burdens are light. God gives us Sabbath in the deepest soul sense of the word. God gives rest for our souls. So, all joking aside, if you are a disciple, you have got to be yoking with Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you, some of us joyful, others of us weary and heavy laden. We all come longing for the rest only you can offer. Help us to realize that being yoked with you is the way to true freedom and life that really is life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please stand if you are able for our closing hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. You'll find the words on the screen or in your hymnals on page 526. receive our blessing and sending forth. Friends, know that you are yoked to Jesus Christ. You and Jesus together, always.
So keep walking with him out in the world and help others to know what a friend he can be to them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.